The Spur of the Moment podcast is proudly presented by Shane Daigie, Realtor of Always Here Properties. Selling your home, buying your home, first-time buyers, investors, and seasoned home buyers. Call or text 512-540-1626, and I'll be glad to help with all of your real estate needs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Spur of the Moment podcast. I'm your host, Shane Daigie. And I'm your co-host, Drew Daigie. Welcome to episode 182 of Spur of the Moment. Yeah, coming straight from the Simonator Studios in the heart of Texas. And the good feeling of the win against the Lakers has all been vanished with this one. As the New Orleans Pelicans played an outstanding game and they beat the Spurs 146-110. to the crazy thing about this game, it was 61-51 to 51 at halftime, but that third quarter was a brutal beatdown, and it just continued into the fourth. In the third quarter, the uh, Pelicans outscored us 44-27 to 27 in the third, um, and then they continued on in that fourth quarter, and it was just a rough night for the Spurs overall in the fourth quarter they outscored us 41 to 32 so all in all in the second half the pelicans had 85 points in one half which was pretty pretty crazy led by cj mccollum drew what were your thoughts on this one yeah the pelicans it was tough for them to miss they made 22 threes in this matchup shot 52 percent i was watching i didn't realize they made that many threes i know they made a lot um, the Spurs made 15, and they shot 35% from the three-point line and 45% from the field. But, yeah, the I think our only good quarter in this game was the um, second quarter where we outscored them 31-28. to Other than that, it was a beat-down, um, tough loss, and I hope we get to bounce back next game against the Bucks. Yeah, so a 36-point loss, and, and the Pelicans shooting 52%. They were it impressed me. We were at the game. It's our franchise record of threes, Pelicans. <laughs> That's crazy. They were just really impressive. The depth of that team, they have talent up and down that roster. And uh, I think they're going to be a scary team to watch when it comes in the playoffs. I don't think there's anybody that's going to want to play the Pelicans in the playoffs. Uh, going to be a tough match. But uh, anyway, that drops the Spurs' overall record to 4-21 and overall. Improves New Orleans to 16-11 and overall after that one. We're going to listen to an interview from Greg Popovich, and I'll give you fair warning. There is some language, and this one is quick. So here we go. Well, let's see. That's what you call an ass-whooping. Uh, pure and simple. You know, drop the mic, period. Full stop, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they had a great night shooting. Uh, we couldn't throw it in the ocean. Uh, but on top of shooting well, they played very well. Uh, we, we weren't as sharp as we needed to be and got whooped real good. Yeah, so Popovich, totally accurate in what he said. <laughs> Just a, a thorough beat down by the Pelicans. Um, one that we're going to have to pick ourselves up and get back for it what I think is an even better team in our next game. Let's get to our top two, bottom two. Drew, who are your top two? Yeah, number one on my top two list again, I have Victor Webinyama, who had 17 points, 13 rebounds, four block shots, making six field goals and two three-pointers in 31 minutes. Great game for Webinyama. That is his eighth straight game with a double-double ever since he moved to that center position wow. and getting a lot of rebounds. He's averaging about 13 in that span or a little bit more than that. So he's number one on my top two. 
Number two on my top two list, with Chetty Osman in this one, who was knocking down his shots, had 14 points, three rebounds, five of seven from the field, one of two from the three-point line in 17 minutes. He did a great job at getting to the rim, not just shooting three-pointers. He was had the floater game on and the layup game on, so Chetty's my number two on my top two list. All right, very good. Uh, I actually share one of those in common with you, and I'll get to that shortly. But uh, my top two, I really like Julian Champagne's game. And uh, I was just talking a couple episodes back about how he just hasn't found his rhythm. Well, he definitely found it in this one. He was five of six from three-point land. Really impressive. Julian Champagne, to see that with him in the uh, second half, most of his minutes were in the second half. And uh, really just liked his game shooting. And then um, my number two, so this is another bench guy. I also went with Chetty Osman. With, without those two guys, this is even more of a significant beatdown. But uh, Chetty Osman's 14 points off the bench, coupled with Champagne's 15. That's 29 points between two guys off the bench. Really impressed and proud of both of those guys. So that was my top two. All right, let's get to the bottom two. Yeah, so number one on my bottom two list, I have Jeremy Sohan, who had himself a bad game with five points shooting one of seven from the field in this matchup. And lately he's been struggling last 10 games, 36, 39% from the field and 26% from the three-point line. He had that 33-point game, but really all the other games have been pretty bad. So Sohan's number one on my bottom two list. Number two on my bottom two list is Zach Collins. Um, I just don't think he did enough for me in this game. Only had two points in 16 minutes and shot one of three from the field in that game. So Zach Collins is number two on my bottom two list. All right. Yeah, the uh, and I share one of those two with you, but we'll get to that one in a second. Uh, my number one was Keldon Johnson. Um, he had five turnovers, which to me was, was big, and that you know, was just a kind of a testament to the Pelicans' defense, but five turnovers is too much for a guy like Keldon, and he was 0-4 from three-point land, so he was my number one on my bottom two. My number two on my bottom two was also Jeremy Sohan, and I – I believe the same same as you. I think uh, you know he's he's just having a tough time lately, and uh, this one was was no different. And you know he's I don't know I don't, Sohan. It seems almost like it's he started the year fine, but it seems like he's regressed a little bit in my eyes. Um, I hope he gets it back because I really like him. I like the way he plays and with a lot of energy and passion. But that's why he was my number two. All right, so for the season standings, we like to update you every now and then. Uh, of course, Victor Webinyama is at uh, at the top. He's he's number one. Um, he's got 17 votes for our, our top two. You know, he can each get two each episode, but he's at 17. And now we have a new leader at the bottom two, and that is Sohan. He's now past uh, Malachi Branham, so Sohan is alone with 12 bottom two votes uh, this year. So. It's kind of the, how he's been trending lately. Real quick, before we get to the question of the day, I want to talk to uh, you a little bit about something that you brought up earlier, and that's the Victor Wembanyama discussion of him moving to center and, and all the double-doubles. And I just kind of wanted to discuss that. What do you think, in your opinion, is the major difference between Vic playing the five or him playing the four with uh, Zach Collins in the lineup? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'm not – I don't – I don't know much, but I think more opportunities for rebounds. You don't have another player to fight with, another seven-foot player to fight with. More opportunities to get rebounds. You're the tallest player on the field, court by a mile. And he's. I think he's gotten a little bit more minutes lately too. So what is your answer to that? Well, I think it's really interesting because 
I looked at it and I'm going, well, a center in today's basketball game, um, you know, it's not like the old days. He still he shot six threes in this one, so it's not like you're just a post up guy. So you're able to do a lot. I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the rebounds. Is it just gives it breaks us up where we have another big that can come off the bench and be able to solidify the defense and solidify the rebounds. And it kind of gives you that enforcer off the bench too, Zach Collins. If the game's getting a little rough, you know he'll stick his nose in it, which which is why I like him. So I I actually really like that change. If it were going to inhibit Vic where he wasn't going to be shooting outside or shooting threes, I may have a problem with it, but I don't. I I like what it's done for the team, and I like uh, what it's done for the depth. Obviously, this game was a, was a different one, but I just kind of wanted to – bring that big discussion up because uh, that was something a lot of people were like, oh, no, it's going to take away. No, it's not taking away from his game at all. It's given him actually more opportunities and I think eventually helping the team. All right, now it's time for our question of the day. And uh, remember, you can always text your questions at 512-540-1626. Tonight's question comes from Simon in Castroville, Texas. Simon's question is, this third quarter – Beatdown was brutal. What do you guys make of our offer third quarters this year? There seem to be a lot of them. Drew, what do you think about that? Yeah, the third quarter, other teams are making halftime adjustments. We're not. I, I bet Pop's trying. It's just not working. But it's not just the third quarter. We're 4-21, four and, four and 21, obviously. <laughs> so it's it's every quarter. But the third quarter seemed to be the worst quarter what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it, you know, and I, I get what you're saying about the adjustments, but I think there therein lies a deeper problem, and not necessarily a problem. It's just a sign of the times. I think the youth has a lot to do with it. Is a lot of times the the youth in that third quarter they just aren't experienced to know that that's that's a big quarter. You got to come out and and really compete in that one, because that's going to shape how the fourth quarter plays out. I think a lot of times the younger players maybe subconsciously don't really understand that, and then all of a sudden it's gone before they even have a chance to compete in that fourth quarter. And I think that's what we're the victim of this year. I think as you get a more veteran-laden team and a more mature team, you probably see a flip in that third quarter score um, as, as it's been season-wide. So I think that's a great question, great observation. Simon, thank you for your question. All right, now it's time for this day in Spurs history. Drew, what do you got for us? Yeah, so we're going to head back to November 20th, 2017, where the San Antonio Spurs played the rebuilding Atlanta Hawks, won this game 96-85. to Leading scorer in this matchup was LaMarcus Aldridge with 22 points, 11 rebounds in this one. Kyle Anderson had 13.6 rebounds, 10 assists. Danny Green had 14 points, 8 rebounds. Manu Ginobili, 16 points, 2 rebounds. And the San Antonio Spurs won this game on November 20, 2017. All right, nice little shout out to LA there. He he was uh, that was really the last really great year I think for him with the Spurs, other than you know here and there uh, as it went on. So thanks for that. All right, now it's time to preview our upcoming game as the Spurs get to travel to Milwaukee and play Dame Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew, what can you tell us about the Bucks? What kind of scouting report do you have on them? Yeah, I think they're the best team in the NBA. Whoa. Uh, that's a hot take. Hot. But I do think that they're the finals. Uh, they're going to make the finals in the Eastern Conference. Um, the best duo of all time. Well, one of the best. One of the best duos of all time. Damian yeah. Lillard and Giannis. Um, 
they both average 25 plus points per game and they can give you 40 any night give you 30 any night and they're they have a they have that too um Brooke Lopez Chris Middleton um Bobby Portis Malik Beasley Crowler campaign Pat Connington I think this team is really far and they have a good defense as well I think this team will go deep in the playoffs yeah, they're coming into this one with a five-game winning streak and a 19-7 and overall record. And I think you're right. I think the Bucks. I, I don't know if they're the best team. I was telling somebody that was asking me about it, I think they're a definite top-four team in the NBA. But after further consideration, I, I'm, I can't argue with you that they would be the best. I'm not sure if that's the case, but it, it's a tough argument because with with that team and uh, what they've been doing lately, they're, they're really quality um, who's your player to go off, and what's your prediction on this one? Yeah, so my player to go off in this matchup is going to be Keldon Johnson. I think that he's going to have a good game. But I do have the Bucks beating us by 25. The lowest amount of po- points the Bucks have scored this month is 119. Wow. They've been putting up a lot of numbers. I think they beat us by 25 um, in this game. What are your what is your thoughts on that? And what are your predictions? Well, the Vegas line has uh, Milwaukee favored by 16.5. And, a half, and uh, I, I think I'm going to kind of hover around that a little bit. I've got uh, the Bucks winning slightly more than that by 18. I think it's going to be a tough one for the Spurs. But my player to go off in this one, I think Keldon Johnson's going to have a big night. I think he's going to bounce back from the five turnovers. And I think he's going to climb into my top two on this next episode versus being on the bottom two on the previous episode so that brings us to the end of this episode of the spur of the moment podcast thanks for joining us ladies and gentlemen drew would you take us home please yes thank everybody for joining us and as always go spurs go